right, welcome to the Bull Rush. This is episode 21, and I'm Ty Miller. Tonight, I'm joined by Dynasty Frank and Scott Fish. What's up, fellas? What's going, going on, on, Ty? You know, this is uh, another episode here where I've been just really looking forward to it because we have the reception perception creator and the NFL media employee, Matt Harmon. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. This is this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to talking with you guys tonight. It's uh, right in the thick of the off season, and this is really... This is really my favorite. Like, I mean, I love football season, but like as an analyst and like the content I get to put out, this is like really one of my favorite times of the year. So this is this is exciting. Yep, this, completely agree. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. This is so much fun watching, especially wide receivers, and that's that's your thing right there, Matt. So this is a, a ton of fun. I love I love this time of year. Love it. Most people probably know the reception perception. That is a very in depth look at uh, various wide receivers, and I know you've done several. Um, your claim to fame is Allen Robinson, I would say. Uh, you nailed that one, but you just released uh, the entire 2016, well, not the entire, but I think it was, what, 21 wide receivers? Yeah, 21 guys. Yeah, 21 guys from the 2016 rookie class, so we're going to kind of dig into that a little bit, um, and I, you know, just right off the bat, what was kind of your overall vibe from this class, just I guess singled out, and then also maybe compared to some other specific players you've done in the past. Yeah, well, it's really interesting because we have kind of heard that this is a bad wide receiver class or whatever, uh, yeah. and I think, to be honest, um, you know, we're, we're also kind of spoiled from the last two years. Like, we 2014, it's just ridiculous to compare anybody to that anything to that class because there was just so many good high-end players, and then... Really, in 2015, it was not quite the same, but there were still a ton of like potential number one receivers, like guys with size, speed, that sort of stuff. And then this year, I think it's—I'm not going to say it's—it's it's not a bad class. I don't think so. I think there are a lot of solid guys that could be long-term contributors, contributors, maybe like number two or number three receivers, like that can play in the slot. So I think it's a really interesting class, just kind of. It's not. It's just not quite as like high end, or maybe just not as sexy as we're used to seeing. But I still think there's a lot of really interesting players to look at. All right, so we all know the god of this class, right? I mean, it's a hands down no brainer that Josh Doxson is a true wide receiver one. Am I? Am I right, Matt? Yes or no? He's nodding yes. That's a hundred percent yes from Matt Harmon. <laughs> You didn't. You didn't even let the audience let me let it figure out. You know that what I was gonna say. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> no, man. But I think I think that uh, it's great that Docs is finally getting um, the buzz that I think he deserved as a like a legitimate top twenty prospect in the class because we know like he's twenty three years or he's, he's gonna be a twenty three year old rookie. Uh, I think right. He'll be twenty three as a as a rookie or will even be twenty four. I don't I don't remember exactly, yeah, but might be twenty four. But, you know, because he's older and he had an injury that slowed down his season, uh, I think people kind of were a little wavering on him towards the end of, like, the regular season in college football. But, yeah, man, I love Docs, and I think he's a stud. I mean, he's got everything that you want as far as he shows good understanding of some route nuances, although there are some things, he, of course, he could polish up, but that's not to be unexpected. Uh, he's also the best, the, clearly, hands down, the best player 
in the draft at playing the ball in the air in contested situations. And I just think he gets undersold a lot for being just really good at everything. So, yeah, for me, I think he, he's definitely one of the two best receivers in the class and I think a legitimate could be a legitimate number one receiver in the NFL. Maybe not, like, again, not a high-end sort of guy, but he can, he can be a really, really good player. That was for you, Nathan Powell. That was for you. <laughs> Well, you said uh, he's he's one of the top ones. I mean, are, are, I'm assuming it's Treadwell is the next one. Yeah, for me, for me, it's still Treadwell. I think that I think some of the concerns, to be honest with you, are getting a little overblown as far as like his lack of ability to separate or speed. For one, just speed in general. This is always the thing that I harp on is that it's such an under like I mean, it's such an overrated, overstated part of playing wide receiver. Like guys can win in the vertical game. Just by being good route runners, you know, knowing when to break, being able to deceive the cornerback, it's not just about straight line speed, especially when you're a size, a player with, with plus size like Treadwell is, who's really great in contested situations. And also, like, when you watch him on a route-to-route -route basis, especially later in the year once he was kind of getting his footing after getting over what was really a horrific injury the year prior... I thought you saw him consistently getting separation. He can he can he can beat NFL corners. I think he could be a number one receiver too. And he also gets really uh, the one thing that you'd never hear anybody talk about, but he's really good at is that he's really good after the catch. Consistently breaks tackles and shows quickness and just that again he has that frame to just power through guys too. So there, I don't really think he has like a clear weakness in his game. Right. Well, that happens like every year. Well, I mean, the early on wide receiver one or running back one always gets that initial love. And then by the time the combine comes and the draft comes, we have to prop up somebody else and knock the overall or the consensus one. It's it, not even, I'm it's sorry? Not, it's not even just wide receivers. Andrew Luck. Yeah. It's yeah. shiny exactly. new toy syndrome. Exactly. Well, it, it's almost like people are penalizing Treadwell for not working out and like well mm -hmm. I gotta knock him because I haven't seen it yet and it's like that doesn't make any sense right it's not like that's not new information that's just a lack of information it's so, so to me it's like it's like grading a student who you know I will actually you know this that's a terrible example right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it's like grading it's it's like giving a, a student a poor grade when they haven't turned in their homework but I think that actually is kind of different so that's a bad analogy but, but you, you get my point like you're you, we haven't seen a negative yet we're just making a negative and and I just really don't think like I don't think that that issue shows up consistently on his college tape right. yeah I, agree. I mean just looking at the the reception perception here I mean you have uh, Josh Doxson way up. I guess he is the leader as far as 85% uh, catch rate on contested catches. Mm -hmm. And then Laquan Treadwell is 75%. Now, Tyler Boyd was somebody that kind of caught... Well, I, I don't want to say this, but I will. All right, so, so Frank. Old Frank was not too uh, too high on Tyler Boyd. I was Right, and he was very high on Doxon. I'll give him credit on that. Um, but... Your analysis of Tyler Boyd has pretty much locked in exactly what Frank was talking about, and I'm interested in hearing kind of what you have to say about that. Yeah, man, I think Frank uh, Frank knows what he's talking about here um, <laughs> because he agrees with me. No, but I, I think that um, I think the thing with Boyd is, and I know there's a lot of really good people in our industry who do good work with market share sort of stuff and like percentage of a team's offense, and I think there's some important information to glean there. It's a good data point, but I also think that you have to take, there's a lot of noise that you have to get through to go from this is the player, this is a player who had a ton of 
a share of a percentage of teams' offense. And this is a cons- like a, a conclusion, a hard conclusion I can make about the player's game. I think there's a lot of noise that you have to get through that I, I don't think you can go from here and be he's good or here and then he's bad. You know what I mean? So I think – and Boyd is like the market share, you know, percentage of a team's offense like darling this year. And But I think when you watch him again – like like I chart the guys on a consistent route to route basis. I think you see clearly see issues with separating from from man coverage and and on press coverage. I mean, he's just not a guy that has good athleticism. I think we saw that come to uh, come to the head at the combine. And mm-hmm. again, I just I think that there's some good aspects of his game. He has some really good like old man game, like a, a savvy NFL veteran sort of moves. But he doesn't have a punt like a, a he doesn't have a second punch in his arsenal, you know. Like, if that if that's a strong, athletic cover corner, he's and he can read Boyd well. He's going to get covered up. And to me, I just think that he doesn't he doesn't make he doesn't make people miss after the catch. And I think there's a fallacy going around that like 2015 was such a different year than his years prior. And I would disagree with that because I think that while Pitt did change his role to kind of almost make him like a Percy Harvinish gadget player to like get the ball in his hands more often if you watch if you watch his film you still see him running plenty of traditional routes that his believers would think that, that he would be really good and get separation on but it just doesn't happen I mean he's he's a guy that's just too easy to cover to be a team's top threat in the NFL I think he can still he has a place in the league for sure like if, if I was running an NFL team and I needed like a like I had a really good X receiver and then a really good tight end I would love to have Doxton, like in Cincinnati is a great example because they have A.J. Green, they have Tyler Eifert. He could be like, you know, in that Marvin Jones sort of role. Not exact, I'm not saying they're similar players, but like a number two receiver that's like my third target in the passing game, moving between flanker and slot, throw to him on third downs. I think there, he's got a place in the league. I just don't think it's as high as what other people think. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that screamed out to me is that he had only 10 plays of 20, 20 plus yards. I mean, right. if you want, if you're going to spend an early first round rookie pick on a player, I want that possibility of a wide receiver one. I want the, you know, the look. The, the, at the time, it was just Oxen was, you know, going to be the 103, 104, and people had Boyd at, at 103, and I just, I couldn't see it. I did not see it. And then the combine, he just, what do you have, a, a 4, 5, 8, 40? Yeah, slower than Aaron Burbridge. Yeah. Right, a, a 34 inch <laughs> vertical. Uh, so I wasn't. I'm just. I'm still not a fan. I'll still draft him in the first, but not as a wide receiver one. No, I think I, I. I think that's a really good point. And again, that's just you know that the the lack of big plays with all the production that he accumulated. You have to then then again. I I think it's so funny as as fantasy owners sometimes that like when when we like a player, the coaches are really they're really dumb for not giving them a lot of touches. <laughs> but then like if we like a player, oh well it's, it clearly means that this guy was really good because Pitt decided to give him a ton of touches. That that must mean something. It's it's like we kinda pick and choose what that what like what that narrative means, you know? That's that's mm-hmm. something that I see a lot and I try to I try to avoid doing I, I probably do I'd probably do it though because I'm just that is everybody else. But but yeah, no, I think that like yeah, they just were like when you watch them, when you watch them like play games and stuff, you're just like, why, why do they keep forcing the ball to this guy? Like, there are other players on the team that like, you know, that could potentially sit, switch things up. Like, it was a, it was a bad offense that didn't have a lot of rhythm and flow, and so I don't. It's a lot to extrapolate that like, oh, this this guy got a lot of touches and accumulated a lot of production on a bad offense. To me, that's 
again, I think that's just you're, you're, you you got to get through a lot of noise to make that your conclusion. All right. So he was one of the disappointing wide receivers that were you know people were kind of taking high. I think he's still probably in the the top five range on uh, ADP. Is that right, Scott? Do you, yeah, do you yeah. He's, he's wide receiver five right now in on yeah. uh, ADP. He was consensus wide receiver two and three all off season. Yep. Whereas right behind him, there was a group that included Doxon that was probably five wide receivers deep that just kept switching all the time uh, with, you know, Carew and Coleman and, and guys like that. Now uh, Shepard's jumped up and, and Boyd's mm-hmm. dropped down. So, so Matt, I mean, in that same kind of vein uh, where Tyler Boyd was kind of disappointing, is there anybody else that's that stood out just through the reception perceptions kind of caught your eye as being – a little bit more poor than you expected? Yeah, there are a few guys. I mean, all in all, I was kind of more impressed with, with guys I didn't expect. But I, I also thought that um, I thought that Will Fuller would be a little bit more consistent than I thought. I think he has a lot of really good... Like, last year with Devin Smith, I was really high on him because he was just... Like, he scored out insanely well as a deep threat. And, like, Will Fuller scores out really really well as a deep threat but he's also not as great in contested situations and there are just some there are some small things that like I don't know that like I, he compares so favorably to um I don't know if you guys know Arif Hassan he does he writes for a lot of different places Daily Norris Norseman is one of them he actually yes. he I, I I he does some things with my numbers where he runs like a sim score on him mm-hmm. and he can like um Will Fuller, Will Fuller compares so incredibly favorably to uh, Kenny Stills from 2014, hmm. and that like that just seems like a very natural, easy comparison to make. So it's good that the numbers kind of back it up. And I, I just don't know that like Will Fuller gets you know because of that speed, he gets like top 20 buzz. I know I saw a Roto World blurb the other day. It was like, yeah, he's gonna go in the top 20. To me, I don't know. I I have a hard time putting him above several other players like. You know, Col- like guys, you mentioned Coleman, Shepard, especially uh, even Carew and some of those other guys. To me, I think he has that one trait that's really great, and he can run some good out routes. Like, which is the funny thing about Stills is he's not so great at breaking back to the ball or running slants in the middle of the field as a deep threat, but he's really good at running out routes. And I think Fuller just does like does that almost exactly the same. So I just don't know. I mean, would you guys spend a top twenty draft pick in the NFL on on Kenny Stills? I don't. I don't, I like Stills, no. but I don't know that I would do that. No, I wouldn't. No way. <laughs> well, uh, Will Fuller also has, uh, according to your reception perception, he has a pretty bad drop rate. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing with him. So, and it's it's feels weird because I I I don't know if you guys have read the piece on my site that I wrote about drops and like I'm always yes. ranting. Yeah, I'm yeah. always ranting about drops. That was a great piece, by the way, Matt. Yeah. I mean, let me just cut you off there. Sorry. That was absolutely great. You can always cut me off to compliment me, Frank. <laughs> no, yeah, thank you. I I really appreciate that. That was a that was a that was a fun one for me to write um, because I got to talk a little bit about not football stuff, which I also like to talk about that too. I like writing about that as well. But um, so I, I think it's not the drops with Fuller that bothers me. Like he clearly has the trump card that could make the drops live like livable. I just for for me when I'm watching a deep threat. I like with De- like I said with Devin Smith. I know those two get a lot of comparisons, but Smith scored out just like I said, like system breaking well as a deep threat, like something like numbers I'd never seen before. And then also I thought he had really good, like he had really good success rate versus coverage on curl routes and slant routes. And to me, those are the things that like make 
okay, if you got it, if you're a deep threat and you can also run those really easy patterns for a quarterback to get the ball in your hands, you have a lot of value. And I just think that he wasn't getting the same hype that Will Fuller kind of seems to be getting in 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 what's actually, I mean, a worse draft class. So, to me, I just I, I like Fuller. I just he was a little bit more disappointing than I thought. Yeah, after the combine, I know that I I heard a lot of buzz, and even today I heard uh, comparisons to Deshaun Jackson. You know, I think that there's a there's going to be a lot of talk just because of the combine and his speed that you know you're going to see him rise uh, in rookie drafts. Everybody you know, wants their deep threat to be Deshaun Jackson. That's true. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk on Twitter, but even in the mocks we started two days ago, he only jumped two spots uh, mm-hmm. in ADP. And the people he jumped was Farrell Cooper and Deronia Wilson. So it's, it's, <laughs> oh. it's not like he jumped any wide receivers, even with uh, even with all the uh, hype he's gotten on Twitter. That's, so where's where's his ADP right now? Uh, his ADP has moved to wide receiver eight. I could check what he is overall real quick. Um, that's that's probably still probably the first round though, right? Eleven, yeah, eleven overall. The okay. Wilson, am I right? Right. Am I right? <laughs> I, I mean, wide receiver eight though. That's pro. That's that's fine. That's probably about where he would check in in my in like my, if I was to rank the receiver class, which I haven't officially done yet. Um, he would probably be like my wide receiver eight. So that's, yeah. that's to me. Above him, it's going upwards. It's Carew, Shepard, Boyd, Thomas, Coleman, Doxon, Treadwell. So yeah, not too much room to move there. Yeah. 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 That all makes sense. Well, let's uh, let's stop focusing on the negative there. And uh, you said you had quite a few that you were impressed with. What? Uh, just give me a couple that you were, you know, people maybe not talking about so highly that you think they should be. Well, I will talk about somebody that impressed me uh, in reception perception and just watching him. But his combine was like dishearteningly disappointing. Was Rashard Higgins from Colorado State? I was listening to. Um, to Zach Whitman on the uh, Rotoviz radio podcast the other day, and he was saying that you know because Higgins, like he graded in the third percentile of NFL athletes in terms of his spark measurements, like he has to beat like all the odds to <laughs> to to be like a regular contributing NFL receiver, and that like when I heard that I was walking I was walking Charlie and I just like I stopped and I was like oh because I love Higgins man like. <laughs> He's play, he's so he's so good he's so fun to watch and I think he he's another guy that I thought did everything well and I mean I if anybody believes in outliers I I believe in outliers man like I, that's why I that's why I do what I do I want to find those type of guys but that was pretty disheartening to hear but I will say like just in terms of his reception perception he has the second best success rate versus man coverage in the class top five in terms of success rate versus coverage against press. He's pretty solid after the catch. He's pretty solid in contested situations by my numbers. Runs really good underneath routes. I mean, to me, like in my like my process, reception perception, this is like he profiles as a guy that clearly has a home in the NFL, man. And and so I am really like that's I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold strong to my process even though I know it's against you know, it's it seems like it's gonna be an against the odds sort of thing, man. Which which like I said, which stinks because and I also have to wonder like I do, and I, I do wonder, like, you know, he was already kind of getting, he was always kind of, already kind of getting discounted because his coach left this year, his quarterback left this year. I wonder if just maybe like the conditioning slipped a little bit, but because his on-field play and his route running was still certainly pristine. So I'm again, I'm, I'm just, I'm hoping for the outlier there because Higgins was a guy who really impressed me. I'm gonna take your word for it, Matt. 
Uh, I watched some of Higgins. <laughs> I watched some of Higgins. I mean, he didn't jump off the screen to me, and then, uh, but, but that's just me. I mean, what the hell do I know? Um, and, but when I see your your reception perception, he definitely. I mean, it's somebody I'm gonna take a flyer on. Absolutely. I didn't. He didn't score as well as I I thought he would. I know, listen. I know the combine is not supposed to be the end all be all. It's just a, a piece of the puzzle. But according to that puzzle, I mean, he didn't do very well. No, <laughs> he. I mean, his spark is. Uh, let me just see. It's a ninety-six point four. He's at the four, fourth percentile NFL percentile. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't really score too well. But like you said, on the on. Uh, I mean, on tape, that's really the 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 biggest piece of that puzzle, right? I mean, uh, am I am I wrong in that? Because when I watch a wide receiver, I watch the tape. I. I, I don't care what the combine is 100%, unless you run a 4-9 like the Runya, then that's like a huge siren warning alarm. I don't even know but how other you do than that. I, I don't <laughs> think you can try. I'm pretty sure I can run a 4-9. See, that's, uh-huh. not the worst. that's the worst thing about the combine, because I'm sitting there at home, too. Like I just probably ate like three pounds of eggs or something. I'm like, I could run a 4-9. <laughs> <laughs> like on a Saturday morning, I'm like, I just had I just had a bunch of beers the night before. I'm sitting like I could run a four nine, like that's that when you when I'm when I'm saying when I'm at home saying like I could do that. It's not good, man. It's not. That's, that's, that's half the theme of this show, though. We do this every week. <laughs> Compare ourselves to NFL players. Like I could have had a Peyton Manning stat line this year. I could have been Peyton Manning. I could be a Super oh, yeah. Bowl champion. Who couldn't have done what Peyton Manning did this year? Uh, but to, to get just sorry, I don't want to take us down this rabbit hole too far. But just a funny story. I re- like I, Matt Waldman was out here in L.A. Um, uh, towards the beginning of the season, and we were we were walking down the street talking about different players or whatever. We we're talking about Jay Ajayi, and I started like I started comparing like a thing I did to my knee and screwed it up. I was like, I was like, when yeah, when those reports were out there, I was like, man, that's some of the similar <laughs> things going on with my knee. And, uh, and, I, and I was like, man, I can't imagine doing any running back things. And then, like, he was kind of like, he looked at me, and I, and I was like, actually, you know what? What am I talking about? I couldn't do any running. I could have had, <laughs> I could have had, had two bionic knees, and I couldn't do running back things. But, so, you know, that's my favorite is when we do it with injuries because it's just insane. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to take us down that rabbit hole, but I thought that was... No, no, absolutely. Yeah, you can tell us rabbit holes. any Matt Waldman stories, you guys hanging out as much. We call a, a, a couple of buddies of mine, call his RSP, the, the, the pre-combine, the Old Testament, and the post-draft, the uh, the New Testament. We get it every year. <laughs> I read oh, yeah. every everything. I Waldman is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm. I'm very. I, I mean, I love Waldman. He like I call. I, I've said this on my podcast too. Like he's my uncle. You know, like Sigmund, <laughs> right, Sigmund, right. is my dad in the industry, and Waldman is my crazy uncle. So yeah, <laughs> love love the guy. But um, yeah. So Higgins, sads, sads on that one. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, it, it might be good news for you because he's dropping in drafts. Yeah. More. I mean. Yep, for, exactly. In January, he was, you know, 13th overall. Now he's going about 21st overall. So. Gosh, yeah. He, you can get them a lot cheaper now. Right. Yeah, I, I just did a dynasty trade calculator mock on Twitter, and I don't think he was drafted. A three round mock. I don't think he was drafted. Oh man, come on, that's that's wow. I gotta go three back round. and look, but I do not remember him being drafted. No. Gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I would I would have clearly taken him as like a a clear second rounder before this combine thing, and oh man, yeah, I'm hoping that's just a discount that that pays off for for yeah. us believers. I mean, like I said, I could be wrong. I I don't remember, but I. Don't remember him being drafted. Oh. Who knows? I was, I was drunk. 
So. Well, whatever. <laughs> When's that ever been a problem? Uh, Wait, you were drunk and on Twitter? That's not a good idea, man. It's the best idea. That's the only time to do Twitter is when you're drunk. If I did that, I would be I would have been fired a long time ago. I, I I've I've tried I've tried to give up I've tried to give up on uh on drunk tweeting. Tried. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're representative of the of the shield now. I represent you know the Will, Bull Rush Will podcast. Farrell. <laughs> Will Farrell. <laughs> Another guy who really impressed me. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on track now. Yes, I've, thank I've you. Distract, I've distracted us enough. He's doing my job. All right, I love, yeah, I love how the guest has to keep us on track. <laughs> well, I have to keep myself on track. I think I started it, so I was I felt bad. I could see Ty's face in the back. I'm like, why did I invite Harmon on? This nope. I'm just thinking, why didn't I bring another beer down with me? Oh man, I got water, so I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, I know I know what I'm doing wrong, but anyways, um. <laughs> So, another guy that really impressed me that I wasn't expecting, because, I mean, everybody knows I love Sterling Shepard, if you followed me at all. Like, yes. I, don't, I don't know if I... I don't know how, if we, we can talk about Sterling, but I, know, I want to talk about a guy like who I haven't really talked about much, but really impressed me was Malcolm Mitchell out of Georgia. He mm-hmm. was one of those guys that, like, he scored out really well for me. Again, I think he was... Yeah, he had the... Uh, fifth best success rate versus man coverage that I charted in this class. Above average against zone and above average versus press. Pretty solid. And co- again, another guy that was pretty solid in contested situations. Uh, scored out above the average. Um, and a guy that got good separation on on slant and curl routes. You know, again, those sort of timing based, good route runner sort of things. He kind of reminded me of like a Nelson Aguilar type of receiver. And I was really high on Aguilar last year. It didn't work out as a rookie. I, I still believe in him, of course. That sort of archetype was what he fit into me. And it was one of those things. It's one of those things, like, again, if I'm trusting my process, if I'm being honest with my numbers, I have to really look like consider him to be like a, a legitimate, you know, mid to late round sleeper. And, but before that, I was like, I'm hearing no buzz on this guy. I know he's he's another older one. He's been injured a lot. But, again, if I'm being honest with my process, you know, I have to, like, I, I believe he is a good player, that he has true ability. And then he goes out and has a really great combine performance, which was nice because then I'm starting to think, okay, maybe I'm not crazy. Like, right. a little is, Yeah, a little bit of validation, exactly. So that was that was pretty huge. I think, I think Mitchell can be a, a legitimate contributor at the NFL level. Like, I think that he runs those kind of routes. Again, if he's with a – I always try to just focus on, like, where is the receiver going to fit best? And to me, I think if he gets into that sort of, like, a timing-based offense, I think he could be a surprisingly good player. So that was one guy I was not expecting at all to impress me and really did. Um, do, you, do you happen to know what Mitchell ran for his 40 time? I uh, should have Hold on one. Well, yeah. I remember. I, I remember when Keith Marshall came to uh, um, Georgia. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell was the fastest guy on the team, and they had a foot race. Like uh, in, it was either in spring practice or or in the fall. And uh, Keith Marshall beat him. I remember that, and I was just curious how how fast Mitchell ended up running at the forty. He, this is right. He ran a four four five, yeah. Okay. Which I think was the best. In, was that the best in a class? Well, no, not other. Uh, it was obviously Will Fuller, but it was one of the. It was one of the faster ones of of a pretty. Yeah. What everybody is saying was a pretty slow group. Well, that's the I, thing about 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 uh, Mitchell. You know, he's, he tore his ACL in the 2013, and then. Um, DB. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I know he was like recruited as a DB, and then a couple of people asked him to do DB drills at the combine too. Um, 
But yeah, he had really good hand size, and I think his agility drills were really strong. So yeah, it's, I mean, to me, it's just it's really it's interesting. I, I think Miller is or uh, Mitchell's an interesting case. Like before the combine, there were reports from Tony Pauline that he might go undrafted because of the injuries, because of his age. Like he will he will be 24 as a rookie. I know that for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think the tape shows that he is a talented player, and I think that. Uh, the combine shows that he still has like more than enough athleticism to to function as an NFL receiver. Right. Yeah, at least he got a combine invite. <laughs> right. Yeah, Michael positive. Thomas. Yeah. Michael Thomas. That's a, that is. A, I mean, I still can't figure out. And I, like, that's another one that I feel like the community's all on the same page on. Like Southern Mississippi, Southern Mississippi, Michael Thomas. Like. Right. Like. Uh, metric guys like him because he, you know, was a dominant force in the, the South, South, Southern Mississippi offense. Tape guys like him. He scores out really well in, in almost all things in reception perception. Like, that's the, this is a legitimately good, talented, potent, like NFL potential receiver. It's just it's strange, and I don't think there's any like off-field concerns that are you know reported or anything like that. So. It's just strange okay. that he did not get a combine invite. That was my – I was like, why isn't he here? I mean, Twitter went crazy. Like, yeah. why isn't Mike Thomas at this combine? And you got Deronia Wilson at this combine. I mean, I understand Deronia Wilson at the combine because he had he had buzz. But there's people at this combine, and why isn't Mike Thomas at this combine? I, I, no, I don't think anybody's answered that yet. No, I, I wish I – I am not well connected enough to know who who hands out the combine invites. Um, so they gotta give you that job, Matt. Yeah, they gotta right. get you the job just for the wide receivers, so you know. At least we know the good wide receivers are going to this wide uh, to the combine or some. Because I'm Mike Thomas should should have been at that combine. Anybody yeah. would know that Mike Thomas should be at that combine. Right, I I think that. Like Michael Th- Michael Thomas, this this Michael Thomas is really good, and I do think it was a little it was a little crazy that some people were like he might be better than the other Michael Thomas. I don't know about that, but like definitely deserved a combine invite. I mean, <laughs> right. come on, like that that like you can't watch him. And I wonder too, he had one of the he had one of the higher drop. I think he actually had the highest drop rate amongst um amongst the receivers that I charted. I I wonder. I would I would not be surprised because this is how stupid people are with drops. If a couple of NFL people make him their combine invites, watched the watched a few games from like I drops passes, don't invite him. Wouldn't hmm. surprise me. That's how dumb that's how dumb people are with extrapolating <laughs> drops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the fantasy community has consistently kept Michael, uh, Mike Thomas, Southern Miss, uh, in the top 20 or so <laughs> of ADP throughout, no matter what the NFL combine, not not letting him come. <laughs> well, that's another thing. Like that's a that's a tough a tough task now to apparently like just historically to be a guy that did not get invited to the combine and then yeah. live up to that sort of dynasty ADP. So that list that Rich Rebar tweeted a couple bit weeks ago, that was, that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the other Michael Thomas, if people listening are curious is 45 years old. <laughs> <laughs> they're all and Josh Doxson's 45 years old I there's, think there's so much so. talk about the other age. Michael Thomas the Ohio State guy's age it's 3393 if anyone's curious if you if you're, if you're screwed up on it you can't figure it out it's 3393 I love I love the age stuff man it gets it gets, people love the it gets oh, crazy for it it gets crazy searching, searching for happy birthday tweets and stuff yes, <laughs> yes. that's my favorite 
That is the best. Well, Matt, somebody else that you know is getting a lot of hype, and and I think rightfully so, is Corey Coleman, and I've heard kind of split feelings on him. You know, some people love him, uh, and some people <laughs> will just kind of look at the fact that. Uh, I know Kevin O'Brien tweeted out a picture of Corey Coleman looking towards his own end zone it was uh, when the ball was snapped. Okay. Yeah. yeah. FF engineer. I got and, uh, yeah, and, and it was uh, that kind of picture right there is just pretty much bad propaganda. <laughs> so, um, and I know you mentioned that you know his routes that he ran in reception perception could be kind of skewed. Um, so I was kind of curious what your overall feeling was for him. Because I think, you know, he's probably a, what do you think, Scott, a top five, top six pick in uh, ADP? Always has been. And I, well, at least since Josh Norris put out his original rankings that had Corey Coleman as his number one wide receiver, he's he just jumped to the top of ADP. People people eat that up. So, um, yeah, he's he's been a top five pick ever since. Well, that that's the thing about... I understand, like, I totally understand why Coleman is polarizing. Like, I mean, for Josh to have him that high, I understand that. I also understand people that would, you know, pick him in the second round or whatever. Um, to me, I think that, for one, let's just get the, the Baylor offense stuff out of the way. It, they're a bit, like, they're, you are just, you, when you watch Coleman, especially, again, when you watch him on a route-to-route basis, like, you've got to just remember that this is not, like, that you're, you're watching the player. You're not watching the environment that he is in. Um, you're watching the player. So when you see him do things like just trot down the sideline on a pass play, like he's coached to do that. They're asked to do that. The other receivers on the other side of the field are asked to do that as well. That's just you just have to kind of get that out of the way. And it skews. It does skew to stuff like the like I I I chart targets per route run because I'm not going to chart that little trot down the sideline and like put your hand on the defender. Like, that's not a route. I'm not going to chart that as a route. So it looks like his production, like num- like target per route rate, gets real skewed. Some of my numbers like that get, get very skewed. So I, those are things, like, to me, it's really important in the evaluation process to just focus on the player, not necessarily what the team is asking of him because he can't help that. Like, that's not his – that's – that's just where he is. That's the environment that he's been placed in, and he has to function in that environment. And I think, obviously, Corey Coleman functioned well in that environment. Just You can just look at his raw stats and say that clearly this was a you know, a successful campaign, especially considering how fast it started um, and before Baylor's quarterback got hurt with a neck injury. So, I mean, Coleman clearly succeeded in that environment. But then when you start breaking it down, just him as an individual, I think that the, the good far outweighs the bad. I mean, he's going to have to you know, learn how to run more routes than just, like, he ran a lot of, a lot of curl routes, like, almost just a weird amount. Him and Roger Lewis, I think, were just so far, Roger Lewis is a whole other one that's just a mess, but, um, <laughs> no, I'm not a, not a fan of, not a fan of Roger Lewis, and this is actually the second time on a podcast that I've talked bad about, I've talked bad about him today, so I should probably not, um, but, Coleman, you know, he ran a lot of ran a lot of curls, screens, slants, nine routes. That and that's pretty much it. However, that's a lot of these guys. That's a lot of these college players. I think I think we get hung up too much on doesn't run the full route tree or whatever. Because I mean, to be honest with you, NFL receivers that are high end athletes like this, they don't run a lot of routes. Josh Gordon, Julio Jones, Marius Thomas, even Des Bryant. Those are guys I always bring up. But I think Coleman has the athleticism to be those type of players. And also, he's really strong in contested situations. I think that just, of any receiver that's just, like, dripping with upside that, like, 
wouldn't shock me if like he's a top 12, top 10 receiver in the NFL in a few years. If he hits his peak, I think that's Coleman. I do think that, of course, there's a learning curve. There's some flaws, but to me, the good outweighs the bad with him. Well, first off on Roger Lewis, uh, I think the number one metric going against him is his name. I mean, Leontay Carew, is a, that's a wide receiver. John yeah. Jackson, Laquan Treadwell, those are wide receivers. Roger Lewis, and it's, it's he's an not even a dude. There's not even it's not even like Roger, it's Roger. Like Roger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but on uh on Corey Coleman, uh you're mentioning, you know, how in the Baylor offense he just runs down, you know, when the ball's not coming his way, he kinda takes a playoff. As a Vikings fan, I watched Randy Moss do that in the NFL for years. So do you think that is Corey Coleman's upside, Randy Moss? I mean, I don't know about that, but <laughs> But that was just Randy. I mean, that was Randy being Randy. If, for yeah. Coleman, that's you know, that's what that's what the Baylor offense calls for him to do. Yeah. But, yeah. but how many people are Randy Moss? <laughs> I, I've said this on Twitter before, but I can't even imagine Randy Moss in today's NFL. We're talking twenty five hundred and thirty. Um, I think. I think you're well, right. <laughs> the one, the one glimpse we got, um, you know, we got of him in today's NFL in post prime, yeah, too. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, pretty I good. Yeah. I was pretty good. I love Randy Moss. He's one. He's one of my favorite players ever. So I know you haven't released rankings, you said, but um, maybe you know, just off the top of your head, where would you rank Corey Coleman uh, in this class? I think my top four is pretty set in stone at this point, and it would go Treadwell, Doxton, Shepard, Coleman would be four. Okay. To All me, right. I think he's four. And I, that, like that, those top four, I think, are set in stone. And then it starts that, then it starts to get. I think five is like Michael Thomas, Ohio State Michael Thomas, and then like Carew. And I want to put Higgins there, man, because that's what <laughs> that's <laughs> like that's what my process says. He they said it's it, And I, and when you're you're when you're ranking this, is this for this is for NFL? This isn't yeah, for fantasy. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, and I think that I think that. Uh, just on pure talent, yeah, that's how I would rank these guys. As far as like dynasty rankings would go, yeah, I probably would not rank Higgins there because he's going to be a guy that falls in the draft. Sure, probably. Yeah. You know, and you have to be like Kenny Lawler is another guy I wrote up for NFL.com today. You know, and I, the the point that I kept making um, because they you know they asked for us to like make you know where does he project in fantasy? I'm like, I like this guy. I think he has NFL ability. It's impossible, like outside of the first two rounds, even after the first round, really, it's impossible to project whatever happens to these guys. Because you know, Ryan Riddle said it best a, a couple, like I think it was last draft season, like early round players have to prove they can't play, uh, whereas late round players have to prove that they can. And these right. guys might never get, just might get, never get that chance. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a very good way to look at it, actually. Yeah, that was yeah. perfect. I read that today actually on Twitter. It's funny you should say that. I was like, wow, that's, I mean, that's spot on. Right. Well, I hope the listeners wrote all that down because uh, there was a lot of good information there. <laughs> they, um, they, they could play it again. We need the we need the oh, lessons. Right, right. Oh, keep okay. downloading uh, it. Yeah, just re-download. <laughs> now, Matt, uh, Reggie Miller once uh, scored eight points in about nine seconds, and many kids around the world can do a Rubik's cube in uh, in under five seconds. Duran Wilson ran a four nine forty. How many things can you name? You can do faster than Duran Wilson can run a forty, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you twenty seconds to list as many things that you can that you can that you can do faster than Duran Wilson can run a forty yard dash. All right, uh, we start. Am I on the clock now? Ready, 
go. I can take two shots. Um, I can complete the act of love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, please, if there are any women listening, that's not true. Uh, not at true. least six seconds. I mean, I can, but I won't. I promise. I'll try harder. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm screwing myself with the 20-second clock. Um, I, can em- I can completely embarrass myself and ruin my public image like I just did. Um, oh, man. Those are, those are the ones that jump out. We're already over time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, I kind of knew that that second one was going to... Uh, was gonna oh, be you great. should let him keep going. Who knows what was going to come out next? I could rob right. a grocery store. I could uh, hijack a bank. I could... <laughs> who knows? Can you tell that Frank's Italian? <laughs> Breaking news. NFL medium, former NFL media employee, Matt Harmon, no longer has <laughs> I noticed that you did not list you can be- groom your beard in, in under Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, everything that goes on on this face takes way more time than that. <laughs> which, is why I was able to, which is why I was able to trick the hypothetical woman into being the biggest, you know, to find it, coming to the biggest disappointing situation of her life, apparently. Right, right. <laughs> The hypothetical woman. If you I mean, grooming is way more than five seconds. Making love, not too sure. It depends. It depends. I mean, this is awful. This is so horrible. No, that's so true. Ladies, if you want a perfectly groomed hair and beard and a guy that will come to completion in 4.9 seconds and has a framed Sterling Shepherd jersey on his wall that you can look at, Swipe Matt right. Matt your guy. <laughs> yeah, swipe right. <laughs> swipe right. Swipe right, yeah. That kind of um, reminds me of that 21 Jump Street episode. You guys ever remember that? Oh, you guys are young. I don't, I don't know. know what you're talking about. <laughs> Back in the day, 21 Jump Street, when, when uh, Johnny Depp lost his girlfriend, she got shot because he hesitated to take out this robber, and he got all messed up, and he kept timing himself, and he, I could do this within 20 seconds, I could do this in 20 seconds, and he got all bugged out. You guys don't remember that? Am I the only one that watched 21 Jump Street, the original? Sorry, man. <laughs> Never mind. Cut this out. Cut this out. <laughs> this is not getting cut out. I know, I know. Oh. Do you have any Andy Griffith show references for us too, or? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get back on track here, fellas. All right. So uh, Matt, you you mentioned um, that you're you are NFL media, and last episode we had Adam Rank on, and he told us that at NFL Network headquarters, a good car chase takes priority over anything breaking news. Facts. Fact. All right. So I, I was curious if you had anything funny or interesting that you could tell us from behind the scenes. Oh man, um, I think I think one of the things that has surprised me is, oh man, I'm really trying to not say something negative because that would be terrible. Well, how, how about I ask you a question here? Okay, perfect. Yeah, give me some guidelines here. I'm still shook from okay. my Deron Wilson answer. <laughs> football baby, maybe you could tell us football baby. How much does Damashek actually uh, uh, tilt the scales on those? No, never. No, <laughs> never. No, I can, I, that's a fact. I, I know Dave very well. Good, he's a good guy. I, I No, he, he says he doesn't skew the, the scales, and he doesn't skew the scales. I believe him. <laughs> now, I'm not being a company man when I say that. That's legit. He, that baby is magic. It's not a, that's not, that baby is not a baby anymore either. That, that, 
That no, no, I believe you. I believe you. I, I, I trust. That's uh, my my son loves it. My 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 son loves going football, baby. Choose. Yeah. My son, my son is three, so he he loves it. Yeah, I think um, to answer the original question, I, I think the just the funniest thing that I've learned since since becoming a uh, you know like working like working in football, I think it's just like because you really get to see the process of like when news happens, and it's almost like it it reminds me like. I really think we forget how frivolous and like pointless this is sometimes. Like, because when like when even the smallest piece of like breaking news, like oh, I remember, oh man, when Peyton Manning was practicing, but he was going to be the backup in like week seventeen. I swear to God, like it spread like wildfire, and like then I got seven emails, like one from the actual reporter that like James Palmer, who's out there in Denver all the time, reported it, and then I got another email that said that was the news desk telling me that he had tweeted it. And then another email when Rap Sheet tweeted it. And then another email from the news desk telling me that Rap Sheet had tweeted it. And, <laughs> and, and then there were like seven more. And then the, then like the actual articles were coming through the email train. And I was like, I've got like, I've got like 12 damn emails in my email box telling me that Peyton Manning's going to practice but is the backup. And so that is like that. If that is not a perspective thing to be like, for one, okay, I can't believe this is actually my job. This is, <laughs> yeah. this, it's pretty cool, obviously, but also like, for me, it's like, wow, this is like stuff like that. It just you forget how like what all goes into it, you know. And then that was that's a pretty big reminder. It feels it feels like uh, based on ranks rank and you telling that story, especially you could film a sequel to Office Space at the NFL Network. Oh, Office yeah. is pretty. That would be. Great. Oh. <laughs> this is another, and this is another thing too that I think because I sit, um, I sat right by the punch clock, like when they were my my in my second desk there. Not because that's another thing they just move you around for no real reason. Um, like they just tell you you're moving. Uh, I remember when they asked when they when they came up and asked the fantasy stronghold, which is me, Alex Gellar, Marcus Grant, and Matt Franciscovich. We all sit together, do like do all the stuff together, and uh, so they came and asked. They said we're moving, and the one guy's like, "Do you have any questions about your move?" And they're like, "Do we have a choice?" That was our question. They're like, "No, you don't have a choice." But anyway, so when they moved us, I was I was sitting behind the punch clock, and. That was like that was I think the biggest shock about about becoming like a full time you know like now I work in football like I go into an office to write writing in an office like that it's hell I, it's absolute <laughs> hell it's terrible for the creative process and like so I would sit right by the punch clock and it was also the intersection of where the blue room connected to the newsroom there was the printer right over there and then the break room <laughs> right over there so I'm like literally in, like I'm writing in Grand Central Station I'm like <laughs> I would put my noise canceling head phones on, I'd be in my desk, you know, right up in there, and I'd still, and I'd get people that would have a conversation, like, in my cubicle, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how many times I didn't, I would just want to, like, because this would have been great for this hypothetical TV show, just pop my headphones off and be like, do you mind? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and even worse was they know I'm a fantasy guy, too, so people would just come up and stand there and be like, hey, do you think I should start? And I'm like, just read it. <laughs> just read it. <laughs> 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 so it is. It is quite. It is quite a. Uh, it is. It's a chaotic place um, when things are happening. It's fun though. Like our team is great. The fantasy guys there are great, and there's a lot of really great people there. It's just. It is. It is definitely would be some made-for-TV stuff. 
this this is awesome. I am putting this all in my screenplay that I will be sending you. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I, I, I got a scene with uh, two people talking right in front of you in your cubicle, and I got a scene of you destroying the time time card puncher oh, thing. Oh, that's making the punch block <laughs> can go right to hell. And yeah. then you got, a scene, you got a scene of like, uh, yeah, Matt, uh, I'm going to need that reception perception on my desk by the end of the day. Can I keep my stapler? <laughs> but, but I want my spring light stapler. This seriously writes itself. It does. Oh, wow. Believe me. It's perfect. Most amazing job ever. Matt, where can uh, people check out the reception perception? Where's the best place to get that? Yeah, the best would just be to uh, check out thebackyardbanter.com, if, which is my website. If I post anything at, like, the Washington Post or footballguys or NFL.com about reception perception, I will, I'll link it back there. So that's really the best place to find everything, and I'll be putting up a lot of content there as well throughout the offseason. So that's, that's the best place. That's awesome. And I'm sure everybody's already following you on Twitter, but if not, it's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB, correct? Yes, actually, if a few of you could just unfollow me, that would be great. Oh, just... okay. <laughs> and done. <So. laughs> we had a good run. All right, well, we want to really thank you for coming on tonight, man. It was, it was really good information and uh, had a good good time. Oh, no, man, thank you so much for having me on. I've been listening, I started listening to your podcast a, a couple weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it, too, so this was, this was my pleasure to come on. I appreciate it. Thank well, you man, very much. Lot, man. Yeah, thanks, appreciate man. it. Awesome. Yeah, go follow Matt, and you can follow Scott at ScottFish24. You can follow Frank at DynastyFrank, and you can follow me at Ty underscore N underscore STL. We will see you next week.